Rated R for Reese. R for Reese. Hi, this is Rachel. Hey, this is Spencer. And this is Neon Boots, the 90s country music podcast. And we have with us today Reese McHenry. Thanks for joining us, Reese. You're welcome. We're, Thank you for having me. <laughs> we're excited to get you on. We've had this in the works for a few weeks, and I have still done very little studying on any of these songs, even though we've known about these probably the longest of any before recording. So, so this is going to be a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> Super proud. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I want to do is make you proud. <laughs> We also put Reese fourth in the four we've recorded now in about 24 hours. 24 hours. See? It's it already starting to get to us. By the time we wrap this one up. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, thanks for being here, Reese, and putting up with whatever kind of shit you get from us. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I wish y'all could see the faces Reese is making at me right now. It's like the already disappointing you uh, look. Oh, please. <laughs> I always say I can keep my mouth shut, but my face is a snitch. <laughs> it's a fact. So, can you tell us a little bit about how country and 90s country in particular played a part in your life growing up now, in your music, all those kind of things? Well, let's see. I never was an active country fan growing up at all because I always thought that country music was sort of uncool when I was a kid. I would pretend like I didn't like it, and yet I secretly loved it. You know, <laughs> it was so catchy, and you know, any kind of music that I like, if it's if it's like I would say I don't like jazz, but if it's catchy jazz, I like it. You right, know, right. if it's whatever it is, any kind of catchy song that catches my ear, I will love. You know memorize it quickly and remember it forever so the 90s especially i think had just so many um like earworms mm -hmm. like ronnie Millsap and patty loveless that song so like well i'm sorry i guess we haven't introduced it yet well, sorry okay we're gonna talk about it patty yeah patty loveless in a little bit but yeah so i think i used to work in a bowling alley and they had cover bands in it. And I think that's where I learned a lot of 90s rock. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of, like, or not rock, um, country. So, like, Shania Twain, mm -hmm. all of that. The country, like, cover artists would do those a lot. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that we've talked before about how easy 90s country is to do karaoke. I assume it's the same for, like, cover bands. And when we talked in the ep episode with Alex Bingham about how when they would tour, they would always do a 90s country cover. Because it, it's easy to do, usually, right. and everybody loves it, and it's catchy, and people sing along. Yeah, it's universal. Mm -hmm. Universal, um, you know, subject matter, for mm -hmm. sure. Because yeah, you grew up in the Midwest. I did. I grew up in northern Minnesota, and then Wisconsin, yeah. right on the Minnesota border. So not geographically, I guess, what's usually associated as, like, country music territory, but... Right. Although, so I don't really know. It's... It's such a mishmash, I feel. I, I do feel like the adults in my life, though, when I was growing up, absolutely loved country music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, remember there was like that fight all the time between like old country and new country, especially 90s country yeah. that yeah. everybody, with Garth Brooks right. and all that, right. that people were just like, this is country music, <laughs> you know, and then everybody's singing along to Garth Brooks, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that was, that was where I grew up. It was like that. Yeah. We're guilty of that today because mm -hmm. we definitely shit on country music that is currently on the radio sure. and we are putting 90s country on a pedestal 
which is interesting because just like you said, '90s country was shit on a lot, and the older stuff was. Yeah, like put on the pedestal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a total age thing, I think, of like when you were growing up or when you started finding out about music, what, you know, what was country then or what was this genre then, Mm -hmm. um, I think, because like I was talking about in another episode about the Giant Paycheck song, She's All I Got, and to me that sounds like just like straight country. Mm -hmm. And then like I was reading some review of it of the time that was like this pop country, blah, 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 and I was like, oh. I mean, I guess it's like <laughs> catchy and melodic, but like to me, it doesn't sound like pop country at all. Mm-hmm. But well, then, like, sure. if you compare it to like the 50s country, like Hank Williams or something, like, yeah, it, yes, I, okay, Pro- probably so. Right. So, like, I think there's always been the like shift in like tug and pull mm-hmm. of, you know, what's too poppy or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. Like, what's authentic? What's authentic country music? You know, what's the real country music? And then, Everything else on top of it is not, you know. So now, yeah, I think that 90s country has, uh, it's like new lenses put on Mm -hmm. people. Because I think that we all, like I was just saying, I grew up thinking that country music was absolutely very uncool. And now, oh, well, I'm older now anyway, but (laughs) I feel like, oh, you wouldn't have been able to catch me saying in 1994 that I liked who? What was the big song in 1994? Oh, I bet it was Achy Breaky Heart. Absolutely. I yeah, bet that yeah. I knew every word to that song. I bet I would <laughs> but never you didn't would want have anybody admitted. to know that you knew every word of to that song. Of course not then. Oh, well, I was probably like 21 <laughs> at the time, you know. I'm sure the Bowling Alley was playing that if you were the Bowling Alley. Oh, yeah. Like, There's no way they weren't I'm playing that. I'm sure that was their big, that was probably their encore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Achy Breaky Heart. Do you feel like, because I've definitely read at times other people writing they see a lot of country in your music. Do you feel like it comes out in your music? I do, yeah. I think the country music that I love is very... Well, just like I was saying, any kind of music that I love is always the catchiest music you can imagine. Yeah. So I that's what I strive for when I'm writing songs. Mm-hmm. It's just to be country or... Um, <laughs> just to be country. That's all I want. <laughs> no, just to be really catchy and to find a hook and then bring something back to that hook, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, I think for me, when I'm listening to your music, it seems like the lyricism a lot of times is kind of like country-inspired or mm-hmm. like seems like it could fit a country song, even though it doesn't always doesn't always come off as a country song in the way that the instrumentation or whatever's mm-hmm. done, the arrangement, but right. seems more country-ish and mm-hmm. lyrically. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Sure. So the song that Reese was referencing earlier, my pick is Patty Loveless's Blame It On Your Heart which was on her 1993 album, Only What I Feel. The first single from that album, which was her sixth album, and it hit number one. One of those earworm songs that, you know, I think if you hear even part of this, you're like, oh yeah, and this you can start singing the rest of this. Uh, it had like some crossover pop culture moments. Uh, I don't know this reference from the Wikipedia article, but... Uh, apparently, it was in a 93 movie called The Thing Called Love with Sandra Bullock, River Phoenix. It looks very 90s from the cover. And then we discovered right before we started that, oh, apparently River Phoenix performed this also in the movie, mm. which I'm not mm. sure why there are two versions. Kiefer Sutherland 
performed this on his album that came out this year, Reckless and Me. So another actor connection there. But anyway, um, it was in a step-by-step episode, the 90s sitcom where... TGIF. Yep. Uh, Angela Watson. I don't remember which character she played. I'll look it up real Karen quick. Karen Foster. Thank you. You're so welcome. Uh, She's the oldest daughter of the Foster family. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry, anyway. I, I had it pulled up. Oh, I thought this yeah. was all like, no, no, like no, no, no. she liked ponies, and no. then her boyfriend Chad was no, an no, asshole no. to her when they she asked him to go to the dance, and then found her with Becky. And don't no, you remember so that she episode? Was, she was the one. So the Foster family is the mom's family is Suzanne Summers' family because it. You know when you when they called it the Foster family, that's very confusing for a family that. Yes, that makes it this a bunch of random ass kids. Yes, it yeah, makes like, you think that it's like a foster home. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like no. should have thought this through a little bit more since that was a key part of the step by step, you know, kind of universe there. Anyway, so she does it in an episode that you can find that on YouTube. Her performing this, but there's like no context whatsoever. So I want to figure out why the hell she's playing this, and maybe it was her boyfriend Chad, and he had a lion cheating. No good, you know, two time and all that. So I'm not sure what the context was, but anyway, it does have some pop kind of crossover there. One of the co-writers of this, uh, we've mentioned him before, Costas, who is the Mm -hmm. Greek-born American country songwriter. A Greek country songwriter. So he wrote some Dwight Yoakam stuff. Uh, Hero ain't that lonely yet. So we will be talking about Dwight Yoakam (laughs) here in a minute. So yeah, he wrote some country stuff that I think tended to be more on the pop side of things too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not totally. And then Harlan Howard was other co-writer who wrote a lot of country songs over the years, and so it's kind of interesting match there. He wrote Busted, which. Johnny Cash had recorded. He wrote, uh, one of my favorites on his list was Streets of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And so he's got a ton of writing credits that we could just go through. But this, um, I don't know what to say about the song itself. Do you want to just listen to it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Are you here? So we lied and we listened to the version (laughs) with Kiefer Sutherland Sutherland, because I was like, please let me listen to this instead of listening to the... That's what we listened to. We're not going to subject you guys to that. Yeah, it's not... Because it was awful. Yeah, it's it's not good. (laughs) Um, I would argue that the Karen Foster version from Step by Step... Is even better. Was better, performed better. She had the snappiness, the little little two-step in it. Yeah, this got a little bit of like a... I don't know. Rachel said honky tonk kind of thing, which it does, yeah, but it kind of sure. loosens it up a little bit. I think the rhythm of the song is important to it, and I mean, definitely doesn't need his like lazy ass delivery, like totally phoned in. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like, lazy. That's a good. That's a good word. Lazy. Like well, his singing is lazy. It's like like. All right. Just laid back. It's like he was laying down when he, yeah, and, he literally right. recorded it. So literally says, lying, cheating, cold, dead, beating, two-timing, double-dealing, me mistreating, loving heart. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't imply that you're kind of like feeling casual about the situation. <laughs> you're pretty pissed. Yeah. But you're just like, he's feeling pretty casual when he's singing this. Yeah. 
So it's like, do you really give a shit, Kiefer? Because Patty Loveless convinced me she gave a shit. Right. Patty Loveless cared. Yeah. And here you, the kid from Step by Step, cared. Uh Yeah. And she was like twelve or something, and you're a grown ass man and can't even you know conjure up those feelings. Just living on the Lost Boys money. That's what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stick to acting, Kiefer. Come on. Yeah, why does he even need to be putting out this album? I think that sometimes people just are like, here's what I'm going to do now. I'm well-rounded. Here's you know a thing I, mean? I can do. Right. So I... I'm Michael Jordan. I'm going to play baseball now. No matter what. It doesn't matter how good I am at when we play baseball. I... Yeah, that's I'm true. Yeah, no, he played basketball. I'm I actually joking. heard a really interesting story about how... Like Kiefer or Michael? About Michael. And this is one of our famous tangents. So... He apparently, there was worries that he was throwing games because he was betting on them because he had a gambling problem. Okay. And so the commissioner of the NBA or somebody was like, hey, man, why don't you lay low and take a break from basketball? Yeah, that's like the conspiracy theory. Yeah, for a hot minute. And that's why he went to play baseball and he played with the Birmingham Barons. Yeah. So he didn't get Pete Rose. Well, and that's that's what I said. He got Pete Rose or he was Pete Rose. Yeah. That was the conspiracy theory around his dad getting murdered, too. Yeah, that it was because he owed money. Yeah. Was it his child that died on the side of the road no his dad was like changing a tire oh, on the side yeah. of the road I think in like Cumberland County maybe mm-hmm. am I making that Somewhere up in North um, 95 and got murdered like you know at random so didn't just get hit by a car like got murdered uh, right yeah like shot or something yeah I'm pretty sure got shot I don't so, remember. Right? Do you remember the details I don't remember the details um, what, bad, what bad luck You first of all you blow a tire and, and then you get murdered. Yeah, yeah, but because it was so, so weird, that's why there's this conspiracy theory that was mm-hmm. related to the money that Michael Jordan owed. Wow. That's a great tangent. But that's our that's our baseball checklist. Hmm. We can check that box because we like to talk about baseball. First murder. Is that first, the fir- is first that really murder we've probably talked about in a while? I'm sure we, it was country music. I'm sure yeah. we talked about other murders. Yeah. But first one we talked about in a while. In a while. So. Yeah. I love murder. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of podcasts about that. Well, this is not no usually kidding. one of them. Right. Right. Reese has a whole... Do you want to talk about your murder yeah. mystery concept album? I ever can that? finish it, if I just ever can finish it. So, yeah, there's a. I have a concept album called The Killer Elves of Durham that's mm. based on the Michael Peterson oh, trial. Oh, nice. So I have a lot of the songs done. I think... I made a decision at one point to put in a Greek chorus, which I don't actually know how to do. So I've been studying up on that to try to figure out how to do it. How is it going to be presented? Do we need to talk about Costas, this Greek guy? Do we need to put him in touch with you? Yeah. Good call. You know what? I bet that he could help me write some songs. Uh (laughs) Just saying. Um, And then Michael Peterson got out of prison. So then... People are like, you know, my friends are like, I saw him at Whole Foods the other day. Oh, I saw I was just like, okay, I don't... First of all, it is about his life. It's not like, oh, he's guilty or he's innocent. It's 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 just songs based he's, on... He's guilty. Everybody knows he's guilty. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, I believed in the owl theory for a minute before I really knew very much about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's possible that a raptor attacked... Or raptors attack people. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the documentary and I was like, oh, he is fucking guilty <laughs> as shit. And he got caught in all these lies, too. Yeah. And the, I, I don't know. I feel sometimes like... He did. I think he sort of got convicted on circumstantial evidence. I don't mm-hmm. think that they had the greatest evidence. That he kind of got convicted because he was a bad husband, yeah, and because of that woman that died twenty years ago or whenever yeah. it was, you know. But 
I think all of us feel the same way, and that is that he, he did probably 100% murdered his wife. And I think, okay, there's a man that lives here, and I live 30 minutes away, and I'm going to do a rock opera about the murder of his wife, which he's always denied. Yeah. So I only have a few steps in my house, but I don't want to go down them. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> have, you, um, have you heard the recent news about the house? Yes. Okay. What did I hear? But go ahead and tell me. Well, mm-hmm. so after the trial and everything, they ended up selling the house. The person that bought it is this weird guy who is a medium. And so he bought this house and now he started like a GoFundMe account or something for people to give him money to fix the house up mm-hmm. because it's in disrepair. And he is saying that if you give him money, he will open it up for tours. He's also apparently writing a book or something where he talks about his experience with the spirits in the house, mm-hmm. and what, which I think is just him trying to make money. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, but the house is actually pretty close to where we are. Yeah. We, we used to drive right by now. all the time. That's how I became interested uh-huh. in it, is that my husband and I, Justin, we used to go to Powell Do you remember when Powell Lim was here? Powell Lim was in Durham. Okay. And I don't know what's there right now, but it's university and 15501. Okay. That I don't know what it is right now, but... um. I think it's some kind of Asian place, but it's not Powell anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's where they went the night of the murder, oh. Michael and his wife, Kathleen. Yeah. So I had heard that from somebody. This is when I believed in the owl theory. <laughs> so for our anniversary, we would go to Powell and then on the way back, we would drive around their house, right? And look for owls? <laughs> yeah, just whatever, right? Because that house is so, like, ill-placed. It's yeah. such a weird, such a weird, huge house for... For Where Durham right is. there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of sticks out uh-huh. like a sore thumb, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I am very interested in it. I still think that it's a kind of a bizarre case. Uh-huh. And I always wanted, when he was in prison, I always wanted to go into the prison, okay, <laughs> and just be like... I have a song that's called this too. Like, Michael, just level with me, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't care. You know, clearly you're already in prison, first of all. But just tell me how it happened. Just tell me the details details of the night, you know? So I can write a song about it. Exactly. (laughs) But then somebody was like, he's such a narcissist. He would love that rock opera. I'm like, you think I want to go and do a rock opera and have him sitting right in front of me? That's very unnerving to me. And to think, too, that it really is about his life and his mm-hmm. children. And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't know. I have to figure out how to, how to do that, how to present I, it. I, mean, I think if you do it, you almost have to make it hokey somewhat. Like, almost make it way over the top. Right. Because otherwise it is too real. Well, that's what I think, too. And I was thinking for the Greek chorus that, again, however it's presented, I was thinking it could be presented like a musical, Mm -hmm. right? And that the Furies would be owls. Mm. And that those owls are like, I can't think of the word, omniscient? Yeah, where they're seeing everything. Yes. Yeah, omniscient. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Anyway, I can see it in my mind. You know, I've had a stroke. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. But because that's kind of what the furies are in Greek choruses. Right. the, The moral. They're telling the audience, like, here's the problem. You know, they're like the parliament, you know? I don't know. I love it. I love the idea. You could probably, this guy with his GoFundMe just... Don't know. Like don't you, get involved with no, that. No, you can record. <laughs> I feel like this guy. Record this like musical rock opera, whatever. Like shoot it in the house. Uh-uh. Oh well, no. Uh, uh-uh. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. That, see, be that's creepy too as, real. That's it'll be, it'll real. be creepy as shit. Yeah, because that's the other thing is that. I love the idea of the opera. The songs are killer. The songs are really good. I don't even mean to say that about my own songs, but I know when they're catchy songs, uh-huh. you know. I have, I have a million songs. Do you have this demoed? Because I really want to hear it. I have some of it demoed, yeah. <laughs> I can send it. I can play it right now. It's on my phone. I don't know. I think it's it's a story that is so ingrained in just like Durham and the, mm-hmm. you know, the history of Durham. And it's an awful and tragic story, but it's also like, that's our story. That's yeah, Durham's sure. story. And I lived here at the time. Sure. Right. Well, that's the other thing that I was going to say, like when I was watching the documentary, mm-hmm. you have all these experts that can say what didn't happen. Right. Here's what didn't happen. But nobody could say what did what actually did happen. Right. And when I saw how much blood there was, mm-hmm. I too, like many people, I was like, somebody has to pay for that. Yeah. For all that blood. Like, yeah. that's not from a fall down the stairs. Mm-mm. That is from somebody getting murdered, you know? <laughs> anyway. We're, what were we talking about? Well, I think we're about to talk. <laughs> are we talking about the Patty Loveless, though? <laughs> we were talking. How, how does this relate back to Patty Loveless? <laughs> Speaking As, of without <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking but of murdering somebody. I was going to talk about another musician with artistic ambitions, Dwight Yoakam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because, you know, he's I into could the see films. him writing, like, a rock opera about a murder. And he would, like, play multiple roles in it, probably. And, and directed himself. Yep. He's such a good actor. Mm-hmm. Such so, a good musician. Yeah. So Reese picked Fast As You. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes when Mike Wallace is getting ready to play, that's the guitar player in my band, he plays Fast As You. And I'm always like, we should do that song. And um, then Thomas does that song by Tool. Because he plays bass, you know, yeah. so it's like, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. That both of these two, we should do both of those songs. We a should medley, match up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That match was, up. Uh, Mike was playing that thing last time when I saw y'all in between. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for at one point him to just start playing it and not stop until we start We could all play it. We'd probably, I mean, Thomas can figure anything out. I probably wouldn't play guitar. I would just sing because yeah. I don't know how to play guitar. Or I know how to play guitar, but I don't know how to play that on guitar. <laughs> like some people can, because they're really good musicians, can play along with somebody else because they just see like what key right. it's in. Right, right. I just have to, I like look at people's hands and hope for the best, you know, but usually I just pretend yeah, like I, I would love to hear you sing that though. I think, I think, I think would your voice is well suited for that song. I like that song. Okay, put that on the set list for next time. Check it off. Oh my gosh, Mike Wallace would be so happy if we did that um, song. There's been a lot of promises made about Reese's set list that I've heard. No, Ooh. no. And okay, they... I've not made one promise about anything. I'm not being in a Third Eye Blind cover band. That's what Spencer wants. No, a Third you... Eye cover band? Third Eye Blind cover band? You, I'm pretty sure it's been teased before, either on Facebook or text messages, that you're going to play a Third Eye Blind set. Which I knew was bullshit, but still. It broke your heart. I yeah, bet. it yeah, did. I bet. Yeah, keep but coming back. Do you remember, I keep though, coming back, when Reese. we were on tour, the music that we listened to on Sirius or whatever always plays Third Eye Blind. So I think the last time we sent you the whole, smart. me and Thomas singing the whole, was it Jumper? Um, it wasn't. I thought it was How's It Going to Be. That's it. Yeah. 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 They the just send like the, the whole, the whole sing along at How's It Going to Be. The best part is when like Thomas and I, I was looking at the camera or the mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't see what Thomas was doing. But when I watched <laughs> it back, we are basically singing and, and like gesticulating the same it's, way. It's, it's like pretty they hilarious. choreographed it. Yeah. But we That's did so not. Funny. Yeah. Right. Were you and I talking about Third Eye Blind via text when I was oh, like motorcycle drive-bys? The oh, yeah, greatest yeah, yeah, song yeah, ever yeah, written yeah. in the history of the world. 
world. I was talking about how How's It Gonna Be yeah. would make a great country song. Oh, you, and you oh, told me yeah. that, too. Yeah. yeah, of course it would. Well, it's pretty close to country as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything that's acoustic-based, like, yeah. how do you differentiate it? I mean, it I, think, I don't think anyone's mistaking Steven Jenkins for a country singer anytime soon. So I think you need a crooner kind of on there. I agree, yeah. um, And just twang it up a little bit, maybe slow it down a little bit more. But I think How's it going to be? Yeah, yeah. It's a country song. Yeah, like it's got country lyrics in there. When you don't know me anymore, you know, all these things that are already in the songs. Like, yeah, totally makes it a country song could be. So, speaking of Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> I, I did think that this is another song, like the Patty Loveless song, where like, the rhythm of it is really important to me. I think it's interesting. I sent, I think both of y'all, I know Reese listened to it, the acoustic version mm-hmm. of this song. And to me, it sounded like different and wrong because it wasn't like it didn't have that bass and organ and all that mm-hmm. stuff going on. I think part of that is like, as musician, musician, I don't like fill in that kind of stuff in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the acoustic stuff. Like, oh, this is missing stuff, and this is right. weird and wrong. For a song like this, where I think that's such a key part of it. Yeah. But you said it sounded like normal and great and all that. I thought it sounded really good. I like things. I especially like really killer songs that come down to just acoustic because I think that's how you can really tell that something's a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that there's no accoutrement you know there's there's nothing that's making it emotional or pushing it forward with musicianship it's Mm -hmm. just acoustic you know which can be emotional in its own right but that usually lets the song shine i think so i loved hearing that actually yeah it's interesting to hear that hear that way let's listen to the regular version and then we'll jump back into it So you two apparently know more about the origins of this song than I do in terms of songwriting, because Dwight wrote this song. I had heard that he went on a date with Sharon Stone and that he thought that it went pretty well. And she went publicly and said that he was as fun as a dirt sandwich. And then he (laughs) wrote Fast As You. But it kind of makes sense because he's like... I like a song that's like, you know, you did this to me, and that was pretty uncool, and when it happens to you, you're going to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Patty Loveless' song is like that, too. Yeah. Hey, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get yours. It's called Karma Karma Claws. <laughs> Putting coal <laughs> at your door. <laughs> and he got a good song out of it. Yeah, both. Yeah. yeah. So, right. there's that. What Had you heard something different, Rachel? Well, so I thought that... Reese, you said that they only went on one date. I thought, but... But I, th- I thought that I'd heard that they had actually, like, 
dated and gone out multiple times, right. but maybe I, I might have misread or, or misremembered. But I did, I did find the quote that you mentioned about dirt sandwich. What does it say? <laughs> I mean, that's what she said. She said that he's as interesting as a dirt. A dirt sandwich is better than Dwight Yoakam. Oh, is the quote? That's, and so, that's mean. so mean. <laughs> well, I don't know. I would take that dirt sandwich. I don't know what's wrong with Sharon. I mean, I'll eat a dirt sandwich if it's called Dwight Yoakam. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a, like how do you come up with dirt sandwich as a comparison to make there? It's such a he, weird way to say that about a country singer too. Like, right, right. Like as if he grew up on dirt sandwiches. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Tumbleweed and dirt sandwiches is what Dwight Yoakam's. Poor Dwight. Oh, he's like I live in Hollywood too. <laughs> I like knowing that part, whether it's true or not. Listen to the song now because. On the outro, after the all sookie part, you know, whenever he's like, just, he does the verse again, but mm-hmm. like, spoken and kind of yeah. like, a little bitter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe someday I'll be strong. You know, like, he's like, just saying those kind of things. It's like, that's what he was wanting to say back to her. Sure. When she all, said they're sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind of like snarky, almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know snarky's the word I'm yeah, looking maybe for. I'll, yeah, the way he talks at the end. Maybe I'll break hearts, too. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, you know what he's doing right there? Outside, kicking rocks. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. Which, <laughs> the whole rest of the song is, like, upbeat and, you know, has all that arrangement. I was talking about that I love. Uh, and then that part is like, oh, this is what he's really feeling. Yeah, he's this really is like down. He's, he's, he's just trying to build himself pissed. up. Yeah, this was yeah. him talking to himself after he read that in, like, National Enquirer. Mm-hmm. And then he went out <laughs> behind his ranch or whatever, started kicking rocks. And, like, maybe I'll break hearts, too. <laughs> maybe I'll be fast as you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, then he was like, bless uh, his heart. Like just like you. That's a song right there. Mm-hmm. And then I don't even need Costas, that Greek-American <laughs> songwriter, to help me finish this. <laughs> He just did it all himself. Put all Poor those. Sharon broke his heart. Broke his heart. Just made, uh, maybe didn't break his heart, but maybe just made him look foolish. Well, he which says is un- too, it's un- yeah. He says you won't cry like me. So his hmm. words are a, yeah, sure. Well, Aww. the the interview that I saw that, that provided that quote that it was written in 1993 in People magazine, <laughs> saying that he was trying to avoid questions about her, but that apparently she did not say that directly to him. I would hope she, not. She said it to like a media outlet and then but it's not it's clear if she really did say it oh. or if they exaggerated something that she said about him. So he's like, oh, I hope I hope she didn't say that, but oh, oh bless his Because he would never say something like that publicly. No, or to he's somebody's so face. sweet. He's very Midwestern like me, where you just say it behind people's backs and then nobody gets hurt. <laughs> I'm like, don't be assertive. Just say it behind my back like or a Midwestern. Or put in a song. Or put it in a song. Exactly. That's what I would do. That's what I do with everything. <laughs> Although that's not true. I can be very lippy, too. <laughs> Well, the thing that I like so much about both Fast as You and the Lydia Loveless song. What's that song called? Patty Loveless Patty song. Patty Loveless. What did I say? Tessie you Lydia. Lydia. Uh, hi, Lydia. <laughs> hi, Lydia. I'm name dropping. Um, is that they both have this like galloping way of just, I mean, like such a dance song, mm-hmm. right? Both right. of them. But I think that they both resemble Lonesome Me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lonesome Me. And that's got the same basic, it's almost like bluesy in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, especially Fast As You is kind of rooted, I think, in blues, that guitar yeah, riff, yeah. you know? When, and so. we've talked about that, about Dwight Yoakam before, about how his country sound is not purely country. No. It definitely has more of like 
the blues and rock and roll yeah. behind it. He's like the Guns N' Roses of heavy metal, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I think he has elements of true country, you mm-hmm. know? So I feel like people that are like, oh, pop country, I hate it so much, he would be exempt from that. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah his songs are very um, moving, mm-hmm. you know? That, to me, is authenticity when you can feel it. Like, oh. Yeah. Think- like a thousand miles from nowhere. You're like, are you kidding me? Of course we're all a thousand miles from nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I think he stood out from the 90s crowd a lot, and we've talked about this some before, too, in terms of, like, how he presented his songs mm-hmm. that weren't, I mean, they were country for sure, but weren't trying to fit, like, the Nashville mold of right. the 90s and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, Eaton, he strikes me as someone that, like, he wears those tight jeans and boots because that's what he wants to wear, and mm-hmm. that's what he's comfortable in, yeah. not because he lives in Nashville and that's what he's supposed right. to wear. You're a Nashville man, and at home he wears a tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he wears those boots all the time. Yeah. I bet that, in that shit. his feet hurt so much at the end of a concert <laughs> that he probably soaks them in the toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we should ask him next time he comes he through. He's, he's going to be he's, here at the end of June. Yeah. He's playing at the Carolina Theater. Oh, I think that'll be fun. Uh-huh. End of June. I think maybe I'll be touring. I'm not sure. It's hard to know. Well, if not, we'll have to make sure he lets you open. Oh, good call. I didn't can, think about that. And then you can ask all these questions. Right. Yeah. It could be like a Q&A just with me and Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I have a so lot of fun. questions for Dwight Yoakam. I really do. I would ask him so many questions about the things that actually matter. Like, where did you get those jeans? No. No. I, I would absolutely ask him about songwriting. Like, how that comes about. Specifically, can you show me how are you right? Are you working on a song right now? May I hear the beginnings of it? Is it on your phone? Can I see that? Because I would love to see how other people do that. Yeah, because when I write a song, yeah, I have like three now. I probably have 30 different snippets the further I get along in a song, Mm -hmm. you know, all on my phone. And then when it's all committed to memory, I go back and erase them Mm -hmm. or most of them, you know. But it's funny sometimes to see how it started and then how it finished, you know, how it ends up. I think that that's an interesting question that we haven't really talked about too much. You know, so many of the 90s country music, and especially the songs that we talk about, were written by other people. Mm -hmm. They were written by folks that are in this Nashville songwriting machine. And very rarely do you actually hear from those folks, or at least what we can find with our internet searches of, like, what was their experience? How did this come about? And, you know, what is their whole process? But, you know... The Greek guy, like, how many songs has he put out? Like, we just, they just churn this stuff out, and it's like, how do they do it? I just think if there's a formula for it, I was just thinking about that with country music in general, you know, here's the subject matter that, you know, is so uh, universal. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, ten things, let's say. You know, but there is a very specific, I know that people talk about algorithms now, Mm -hmm. but just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, Change another right. chorus at the end, you know, maybe a guitar solo in there or something. I don't know. I think it seems so easy when, mm-hmm. you know, especially really catchy songs. And they're all just basic chords, too, which just pisses me off all the time. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know GCND. And guess who can't write fast as you? I don't even know if those are the chords, but they're probably something like that. Yeah. I bet that I could play along, you know. And one thing interesting about Dwight's stuff, I think, I mean, he writes a ton of his own songs or is at least a co writer on a lot of his. But I feel like there's not a lot of his songs end up being covered by other, other country people. artists later on, which is you know kind of uncommon for songs not to be recycled a lot. Fast as You has a couple covers out there. Uh, Still Magnolia, the duo from the 2000s like reality show, 
put out a cover of it. And then a band called Runaway June, that's a trio of three female vocalists that came through probably, I think, in the fall. Mm-hmm. They both covered it. And to me, this is like one of those songs where it's really hard to separate it from Dwight. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, why people don't cover his songs very yeah, much. Yeah. Because it's so Dwight Yoko. Yeah, like know? the delivery of this... Like, the way he, like, slurs out so much of it, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's, like, perfectly slurred out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, like, how are you going to do that? Good luck, Runaway June and Still Magnolia. Right. Like, you're going to make it sound cheesy because you're going to actually enunciate all those syllables and then... It's just not the same. But why are you saying this? Because weren't we just trying to convince Reese to cover this? We were, I could do but it. I could do it. I'm not you s- could do it. I can slide my voice around like he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, think, I, I think there's also I think there's also a difference in you covering it at a live performance mm-hmm. for something that's fun to get the audience <laughs> into it versus sure. recording recording it. it and trying to put it out and Yeah, I just can't imagine a version of this that would choose to listen to over Dwight's. But right. Maybe it's because it's not out there yet. Maybe. He, he has a very pointed and specific way of writing. But I was surprised when you just said that... What song is it that's, that's a cover? Or not a cover, but was written by somebody else of his? It of wasn't, Dwight's? Yeah, it wasn't Thousand Miles From Nowhere. It was something else. Ain't that only yet? Well, yeah, they, that's they, it. Yeah, they yeah. covered... Or Costas covered that with James House. Gotcha. So that was like the one song, I think, on the album that Dwight did not either write or co-write. Or had something mm-hmm. to do with it. Yeah. But I would never have known that. Like, yeah, that it sounds, sounds so like, Dwight Yoakam. But right, I think right, that's right. what he does to a song. Yeah. Is that he takes it and makes it his own with his voice and the music all coming together mm-hmm. in this, like, really great blend. So I think that song is now his, you know. Right, and yeah. If he didn't write a lick of it. He has a very specific delivery that I love very much. Yeah, and that's one, too, I think. Yeah, he didn't write that, but it'd be hard to detach from Dwight's delivery. Right. That's a really great song, too. Ain't That Lonely Yet. So, another great song. Mm-hmm. That's an awful transition. Um, <laughs> because the song is not great, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but this so is... So, I was trying to We're not feeling great about this song, but yeah, we're on your side so here. Hey, convince awful. us. We, we believe Ask in, me anything. We believe in you <laughs> well, and your ability to talk about this song. I don't... So, I'll be honest. I don't remember why I chose <laughs> this song. The song that I chose is George Strait, Easy Come, Easy Go. I think one of the reasons that I chose it is because we haven't talked about George Strait yet, have we? Nope. And inevitably, you hear a great song, and you're like, who is that? It's, it's almost George always Strait. George Strait. Yeah. Yeah. And George Strait is interesting because, like, the 90s was kind of a time when he dipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he had a lot of really great songs in the 80s, especially, and then some afterwards. But there's not a ton that stand out to me as like, oh, yeah, this came out in the 90s. Although a lot of his stuff that came out earlier continued to be played in the 90s and, and still is now. But yeah, I don't know. It was released in 93, uh, lead single on the album for the same name to emphasize like how much he'd been around. This album was his 14th, Dang. which, you know, we said the same thing about Dolly Parton the other week of like, that was like her 35th album yeah, or something that we were talking Dang. about. Yeah. And that was in the 90s. But it was written by Aaron Barker, who also had songs with our old bud, Doug Supernaw. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Best country artist name. <laughs> but interestingly, Aaron Barker that wrote Easy Come, Easy Go also writes commercials for Bluebell Ice Cream. Got it. However you make your money. However you I'm make your money. I'm trying to think of the jingle. Jingles are my favorite on my wallet. Um, it's a good one that gets stuck in my head, and I'm not going to sing it, even if it came to me. Yeah. Here, let's just listen. Since you guys are so down on it, 
Let's just Since listen. we hate it so much. <laughs> Let's no, just listen it. to it real quick. Sometimes two people just don't get along. And it's time to hit the road. Goodbye. Farewell. So long. Via Conios de la. Wish you well. Take it slow. Easy come, girl. Easy go. The chorus is catchy, but it's not so catchy that I'm like, ooh, that sounds. But I do like it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not against that. So it is a little bit slower for songs that I tend to choose. Mm-hmm. It certainly doesn't have the oomph that Blame It On Your Heart or Fast As You had, so it's definitely a major contrast to the two that you guys chose. But, Spencer, what were you saying about it sounds like it belongs in the background at a beach bar? Yeah, like, it just, the chorus is catchy enough, but, like, we've had the song list for, like, what, like a month-ish, mm-hmm. so an hour, it's like that long. And so I've listened to it several times, and, like, it's very easy to forget about as soon as I move on to another song. Yeah. And then this morning, I was like, oh, yeah, how's that song go again? Mm-hmm. So, like, in the moment, you're like, oh, yeah, I appreciate this. Uh, I like it. But then it's easy come, easy go. It's just gone. Yeah. Out of, <laughs> Truly it's the just, song. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, very easily back out of my head. And right. anything else yeah. that's remotely catchy replaces it. And, like, when you think about the song that's basically, like, it's a breakup song that's, like, an amicable breakup. Yeah. Where everything's fine. Yeah, this isn't. This you, is bad fodder right here. For, yeah, for it's like writing. who writes these songs? Right. You know, country songs when it's a breakup, so you're like, well, my life is over, and right. she took everything, or they cheated, or or it was terrible, and now it's better. Yeah, now, that, I like those kinds of songs too. But this, like, yeah, or we like had the, like a casual breakup. <laughs> it's cool. We're like know? the fuck you, I'm over you song. Yeah. But this one just like. Yeah, we tried to work it out. We kept not being able to work it out. And so we just didn't want to get hurt. So we just. Full stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, no wonder there's no, like, passion in this song. It's just like. There's no passion in your relationship. It definitely lacks passion. Even his voice is not. Right. I love George Strait, but yeah, even as far as his songs go, this is not his most memorable. I mean, it's like as interesting as asking someone how things worked out with that person they were dating. Like, yeah, it just didn't work out. Like, we just, you know, went our separate ways. Right. And, you know, it's cool. We still, you know, still nice to each other. Yeah. Okay. I do do think the reason that I do like it is because it sounds like something that you would hear in the background at a beach bar. Hmm. I mean, we talked about Alabama on a recent episode and it, Sounds like a song that Alabama could write in, in their Myrtle Beach days. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Are they from Myrtle Beach? <laughs> that is where they kind of blossomed. Blossomed. That makes so much sense. Yeah, so they, they were from Alabama. the sock oh capital. They were from oh. the sock capital of the world. What? Some small town in Alabama. His name. His name you I don't know it. So can you imagine? We, we can't remember the where name of the town. Where did you get your socks from? We know that it's the sock capital of the world. Clearly, and then, none of us wear socks. <laughs> yeah, here. No, none of us are wearing socks right now. <laughs> But yeah, then they then they moved to Myrtle Beach in the mid seventies and set up like a residency, always at a plane at this place called the Bowery before mm. they kind of blew up and hit it big, which is why the Alabama Theater is in Myrtle Beach, right? 
Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've, I don't know if I've ever been to Myrtle Beach, to be honest. What? Oh, wow. I've been close to there. <laughs> I've gone to, I've been in other places on the coast for sure. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, maybe through Myrtle Beach. Probably lots of reasons why you didn't see I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, there's such terrible things about it. I just think. It's just one of those experiences that everyone should have mm-hmm. because it's unique mm-hmm. and interesting. And but I, think but I don't not- know if I'm like, yeah, that's the thing you should do. Like, yeah. you, you should go out of your way to spend your time that way. If you have a chance to go to Myrtle Beach, go. Mm-hmm. Like, a good excuse but don't, to be there. But don't just... I'm not going to get all ginned up about Myrtle Beach, no. is all I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like all the places on the coast that I could stay... It's, it's more appropriate to get 40 up for a Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yes. Like, you're getting a little too classy with that gin there, ma'am. With your pine needle. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry I chose uh, a den. I was just looking for a way to talk about George Strait. Yeah, yeah, what well, we're doing. Um, yeah, I don't, do you have any Nobody fun George to. Strait thoughts? I went back recently and listened to, like, a George Strait compilation. And I think in my head there are a lot more memorable George Strait songs mm-hmm. Than like when I was listening to them, hmm. or like it wasn't like that was like oh yeah and this song oh yeah and this song oh yeah and this song it was just like yeah there's a lot of decent songs on here uh, I like check yes or no a lot uh, write this down love without end amen you know a few others that's all like old older George Strait yeah. stuff but like there's not a lot of stuff that when I went back and listened to it I think he has like a consistent level of quality. That's like solid, going to make the radio. And for a while, he was just like crushing it with number ones. And like this one went to number one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Wikipedia is down for me right now, so I'm really struggling. Like, I think I it's the internet at my house right oh, now isn't working for mm-hmm. some reason. So basically, I'm without means to research something if I can't <laughs> access Wikipedia. But, you know, he had a ton of other hits, and this one was one of them, but I just don't think... There are a lot of like, there are ones I imagine like this one did not stay on the charts for that long mm-hmm. or really make a really lasting impression. It went up, hit number one, went back down. <laughs> no one other than Rachel really remembers it. Sorry. And, You're so mean. And people Dang. that program the playlist okay. at Margaritaville and hey. wow. Panama Jacks outlet stores in Myrtle Beach and, you know, things like that. I'm just, I'm looking, since I'm looking at something that's not on Wikipedia, that's just like a list of his songs. How dare you? I know, right? And the the ones that I love the most are not from the 90s. So, like, Amarillo by Morning, that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 82. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I guess I should say I was thinking mostly of 90s George yeah, Strait so like, songs. Yeah, so, like, 90s George Strait songs, the next one on this list is I Cross My Heart, which I hate that song. God, that's so dramatic. Because it's so dramatic, and it is... That sounds like that adult contemporary bullshit that I hate. All my exes live in Texas. All my exes live in Texas. That's eighty-seven. That's when he was like Um, on fire. That's when it was like just stringing together the number ones. This is a great line. Oceanfront property. I like that one. Oceanfront property. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. When did you stop loving me? Is another one from ninety-two. That was just kind of meh, and that's also like. What you were saying with this song, Spencer, of just doesn't have any feeling behind it. 
Yeah, I, so, I don't know. I it's, feel like '90s George Strait is just a poor man's uh, Randy Travis. That's mm-hmm. what I think. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the '80s, you couldn't hold candle to him. You yeah, know? yeah, it was amazing. But like that song, when I listened to it, I was like, I've never in my life heard this song. Oh, if, really? Because it's, it's catchy enough that I think that I would remember mm-hmm. the chorus, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't think I've ever in my life heard this song. Mm-hmm. That I can yeah, think I. Didn't remember it at all, and even like when in the chorus, I was like, "But it also sounds like the chorus to a lot of other things." I feel like are just like it has a pretty easy melody. It's not like super unique, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it, it could have blended in with a lot of other songs. I think the reason that I remembered it is because he says "Via Condios," and I didn't know what that meant. Is it Spanish? It means yeah. "Go with God," and I think oh. it's Spanish. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. As we've established, I took German, not Spanish. Right. So. Go with God. Go with God. Yeah. So, that's the. Sorry, the most, George. The strongest feeling he had in that whole song, I it's guess. Go with God. Was in go Spanish. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. That's like the highlight of the song. Well, I'm not trying to pick, though. You know, I think it's a good enough song, you know? I mean, it. You know, you know. <laughs> Got on the radio. Right. It was it his charted, right? 14th and album. One. Yeah. Oh, that was number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, it's just... It's but it, it makes you wonder, like, did it hit number one? And and I wonder this about a lot of stuff. What was the competition? What A, what was the competition? And B, did it hit number one just because it was George Strait? People were like, oh, well, it's George Strait. Good. Yeah. I love George yeah. Strait. I'm going to listen to it. Right. And then if you think about, like, how stuff gets ranked, if it's radio plays or whatever, you know, again, is this, is it like, oh, well, it's a George Strait song, so we have to play it right. because... It's George Strait. It's George Strait. Right. Yeah, so sorry for picking a dud, guys. Yeah. I don't think there's any apologies well, necessary. I do. This uh, Sorry, Spencer. I don't feel sorry at all. Well, you haven't been putting up with her. For Excuse three me. straight episodes, her <laughs> bullshit pick. <laughs> no, she shit on my Clay Walker pick so hard. That, Clay Walker sucks. Uh, I, I mentioned oh, Clay Walker. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mentioned Clay Walker because Aaron yeah. Barker, the writer of this song, had a song that Clay Walker did. Which song is that? I don't. I don't know. I didn't write it down. And we can't look at Wikipedia right now. So, <laughs> is there That's a nanny true. cam on Wikipedia? What's happening with the Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, why, is, why is Wikipedia down? That's so rude. Yeah, they should know not to do that while we're trying. Okay, to wait, die. it's back up. Clay Walker, watch this. 1997. I don't know um, the song, so I can't defend it. I feel like that is something that people text to me sometimes. Watch this. Yeah, watch this. Yeah, I mean... And uh-oh are both, like, alarm. High alarm. <laughs> like, fire alarm. My, my dad's... One of my dad's favorite jokes is, what's a redneck's last words? Watch this. Watch oh, this. Oh, gosh, of course. He lives in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> does he? He does. Uh, that was in the era of Clay Walker's singles where one, two, I love you preceded it, if that tells you. Oh. And then, then what came after it? So... Not exactly. Not the greatest. When he was sourcing the best material. <laughs> this was no Hypnotizing Moon. Oh, get the fuck over that song. No, mm, sorry. But I'll make sure that the next episode I pick, maybe if I can make a living. Because I do like that one. Yeah. I'm All like, right. I'm, so now that we're talking about good songs, we're, okay. ending, we're ending the episode on a high note. Instead of your bummer, George Strait, phone it in. 
bullshit. It's like being in the middle of two parents who don't get along. That's great because Kim just said the same thing. I wish Kim was here with me. No, we need. She and I could talk. We need the person in the middle to focus on us and our needs and how to help us. Let me try to fix this. This what are, what breaking are we, marriage. What are we ending? What are we ending? Yeah, what's well, we want to focus on Reese now. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I don't I know like why that. we were doing that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> tell us something Stupid good. So tell us something better than this George Strait song. Okay. Like, what am I doing? What what's you, happening in my Jaws life? Jaws Fest is coming up. That's right. Correct. This Sunday, we're playing Jaws Fest at 8 p.m. at the local 506 in Chapel Hill. And after that, so there's that. And then June 1st. There is a fundraiser for the, is it Orange County? Yeah, Orange yes. County Rape Crisis Center mm-hmm. that I'm playing solo. Lydia Loveless is playing solo. There's like... I know Jess Klein. That's right, Jess Klein. Yeah, it might be it, the three of us. That's the only sure. ones I've seen. Um, and then I think that Lydia and I might do a duet together. Oh, so fun. We're both playing truly solo, so... Sweet. Yeah. So that's at 506 also. Yep, that's right. Saturday, June 1st. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then so. we have a video on the 2nd. So that is... Do you need extras? Yes, we absolutely need extras. And we want people to be as flamboyant as they want to. Just like, we are like, rage it. Pretend like it's not 9 o'clock in the morning. It's at Ruby Deluxe, right? Yes, Ruby Deluxe. I was like, it's not Night Rider. Yeah, Ruby Deluxe. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, it's at Ruby? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, that's my due date. So if you want me to rage by giving birth at Ruby... That would be amazing. Okay. Can you do it in a wedding dress? That's the real question. Probably. And then cover Baby Hooch with, like, sparkles or something. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be debut in like multiple ways. Debut to the world and also in video. Yeah, in the video. Yes. Um, yes, oh. I've been an actor since day one. Since, since birth? Literally. literally. I was born to be an actor. <laughs> literally birth. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. like first thing in the morning right after playing a show the night before because yeah. you're yeah. I'm a machine. No. I haven't really been playing that much lately. I was I was like on fire there for a long time. And then the plan sort of ended with the record releases and the two-week tour. And now we're just, re- you know, we knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, the record came out. Now we're regrouping and figuring out how we're going to proceed. You know? And tell us about the new record because it's still pretty fresh. It is. Yeah, it came out April 12th. It's called No Dados, which means No Dice. The Spanish again, it, it is just Spanish. like George yep. Strait. Just like yep. George Strait. Me and George Strait go with God. No dice. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no dice, George Strait. <laughs> yeah. So that came out. It's gotten really good reviews. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of it. The video that we're going to do is for Bye Bye Baby. It's going to be like did, Soul Train, I think. Did former guest Hussey write a review? Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Yeah. yeah. Pitchfork. Yeah. 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 She gave me a fantastic, stunning review on yeah. Pitchfork. It was wonderful. Thanks, Hus. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I just could pack it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got above. I'm in the Seven Club in my van. You know, the Seven or above on uh, Pitchfork. <laughs> so I feel like maybe quit while you're ahead. Yeah. You know? Maybe I do well, this no, rock I, opera and then. I was gonna say, do the rock opera. <laughs> And and then yeah, call it quits. At first, I thought you meant like the Seven Hundred Club, like Pat Robertson show. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, that's, that's different. That's, that's a not a different thing. That's a different kind of club. Uh, so yeah. for the video, what uh, people show up anytime of this nine to whatever window? Yeah, any people there from the get go raging all day. 
I think if people get there closer to nine, it probably would be better. And we're a fun band. We can all rage together, you know. We can make it seem like it's nighttime, even though it's morning mm-hmm. time on a Sunday. Well, and Ruby is nice because it's, like, underground. Yeah. yeah. So it's easy so to it, make it, it looks, feel yeah. dark. And it is going to be, like, soul terrain. So I think that we are going to have, you know, hopefully two lines of people and people dancing down the aisle, you know. That's what I want anyway. So. Well, I've listened to Bye Bye Baby on repeat multiple times in a row before, so that part's going to be different. <laughs> you know, like, I can endorse that that's a good idea. <laughs> that in Detroit a lot of times, either those two back-to-back or just one of them back-to-back and just put on loop, so... So that, that'll, that'll be happening, so good soundtrack. Are you going to go and dance? Um, I don't know. I'm usually not awake that early on the weekends. So well, We all have Bojangles there. <laughs> if I'll bring you Bojangles if you come. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us today. This uh-huh. was fun. Thank you so much for having me. I've had nothing but fun. Yeah. Well, Seriously. Is that, is that when you were mediating between us? Well, that wasn't even so that wasn't even the worst of it. Yeah. It's just yeah. No, yeah, you guys are funny. Thank <laughs> you. Good. Thanks. All right. Well, well, so we'll catch y'all well, next thank time. Thank you so much for Thanks for me. listening today. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye mom. Yeah.